What's going on family? Let's talk about something that's been buzzing in the tech world, AI safety and security. How do you feel about the rapid advancements in AI and the potential risk that it brings? Have you heard of the stories about AI being tricked? It's a real concern, but fear not because there's a real solution, AI Red Teaming. You see, AI Red Teaming is all about stress testing. You see, AI models and deployments to prevent unauthorized access and data leaks. It's about ensuring that your AI can't be tricked into providing information beyond its intended use. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. My friends over at HackerOne has a community of over 750 active hackers specializing in AI security testing. You see, in a recent engagement, just 18 hackers identified over 100 valid findings in just two weeks. That's the power of ethical hackers. Wow. So if you want to ensure the safety and security of your AI deployments, look no further. Head over to HackerOne.com and explore their AI red teaming services. With strategic flexibility, rapid deployment, and a hybrid talent strategy, HackerOne has everyone, everything you need to safeguard your AI. Don't let AI keep you up at night. Visit HackerOne.com today and rest easy knowing that your AI is in safe hands. I don't know if you've ever heard the term asshole. No, uh-uh. An asshole is somebody that repeatedly asks you for advice, but they never want to actually take it. They want to continue coming to you but and don't asking want you it, questions. Don't want the knowledge. And then give me some financial advice. Uh, I told you, you need to start saving your money. I know, but man, g- g- give, me, yeah. give me some secret sauce. Right. I told I, you. I, I told you. We got... Ooh. They keep asking the same questions, Ooh. expecting you to say something new. I'm like... Oh. What's going on, fam? It's your boy, Anthony O'Neill. Welcome back to the table. It's Monday morning. 8 a.m. Central Standard Time if you're watching us on YouTube and if you are listening to us on the podcast, thank you so much from whenever you downloaded this podcast. Uh, But I'm real pumped today because you guys know every Monday we keep it real, relevant, and relatable. And whenever I have a guest, he or she has to be real, okay, be relatable, and he or she has to be relevant with their content to bring it to the table. And I'm really excited today to introduce to you all uh, a guy that I just recently met. My mentor, Dave Ramsey, actually suggested that I have him on my show. Uh, His name is Ryan Leak. He's an author. He's a speaker. He's a podcaster. He is a husband. He is a father. He is everything. And I'm telling y'all, man, um, I I first, I didn't know him personally, but I heard about him a few, it was a few years ago. You know what I'm saying? Brother man went viral, and we're going to talk about his whole viral stuff. But ladies and gentlemen, can y'all help me welcome to the table for the first time, and most definitely not the last time, Ryan Lee. What's up, bro? Man, How you feeling, it man? is an honor to be here, man. man. It really is. Bro, listen, man, I'm, I'm excited to have you at the table, yeah. man. You know, I, good. I don't really play too much. I don't, I don't really do a bunch of how you doing, how you feeling. I just go straight in. Let's it. do it. All right. So here's the very first question, because when I looked you up and studied you some more, since yeah. I knew you was coming on to the show. Sure. I love the story in your book, and we're going to talk more about your book. Yeah. Uh, but you actually did something about Kobe Bryant, and you yes. pitched, you know, something called Chasing Your Failure documentary idea to him. Yeah. You got to tell me some more about this. Like, Kobe? Kobe. Kobe Bryant. Kobe. Bro, tell us, tell us more about this. Start Kobe. from the beginning and, and help us understand. Th- yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's a— uh... 
how it came to be about. Me and my wife are on the Queen Latifah show. Okay, okay. Because of the viral wedding that yes. we, we can get into a little oh, bit we, later. Oh, we get into that next. Don't get it twisted. Uh, so we're on Queen Latifah show. Okay. And we have a producer that yeah. says, hey, here are the questions for the day. There were three questions. Okay. Um, Queen asks us these three questions. Well, then live, she goes for a fourth question. Ooh. And she says, Amanda, do you think that you could surprise Ryan the same way that he surprised you? She's like, yeah, I think I can. She said, hey, babe, me and the Queen. I'm like, you and the Queen. We met Queen Latifah at the same time. How are you on a first name basis with the Queen? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we doing? She said, me and the Queen have been working on a little surprise for you, so go ahead and check out this screen. And so on the screen comes Kobe Bryant. And he oh. says, hey, Ryan. And I just like. <laughs> I'm like, I peed on Queen Latifah's couch, bro. I'm like, yo. How does he know my name? Right. What in the world is is happening right now? Facts. And so he says, heard about this extravagant wedding, wanted to return the favor and just invite you to Staples Center to come hang out with me and the Lakers. And and the the invitation has been formally extended to you. And so I just like I look at my wife and I'm like, you winning. Like, oh yeah. Like, like, she, like, like she the wife. Yeah. Like she she she's yes. oh man. Yeah. So so I had three months to get ready to three prepare months. to meet Kobe. And wow. I'm just thinking through like, what am I gonna say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am yeah. I gonna tell him I'm a filmmaker? Yeah. He yeah. live in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Everybody a filmmaker. Everybody. You know. Yeah. I'm like, do I go motivational speakers? Like, yeah. Kobe Bryant don't need motivation. Exactly. Like, he's motivated, exactly. you know? And I just thought, man, there's only one way me and him are going to have an engaging conversation, and that's if we could talk about work. So I hooped in college, was All-American at a yeah. D3-ish school. Okay. okay? D3-ish. Okay. Which means it was the NCCAA, which stands oh, for National yeah. Christian College <laughs> Athletics Association. So amongst the Christians in America, yes, sir. I was cold. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> okay, you were cold. So, but I, I never pursued the pros. You never so did. I never did. And so I thought, What was your man, position? What would you, you play? Uh, I was supposed to play point guard. Okay. First game of my college career, coach walks in the locker room, says, looks at our center, says, you're ineligible. Ryan, you're starting at center. So I've played one through five. Oh, Yeah, what, what, whatever, whatever I need to do. And so so I said, man, I, I'm, I'm going to go for it. Realized I was going to fail. Mm. I played against uh, a friend of mine that got cut from the Chicago Bulls. He's about 6'5", 245. Okay. I'm 6'3", yeah. 205. Yeah. And he beat me every time. Yeah. And it was just like, if they cut him, there's no way they're going to give me a chance. Right. And so I thought, let's just go meet Kobe and just call it a day. And then I thought, why do we do that? Why do we give up on our dreams so fast? Mm. And how do I actually know I'm going to fail? Yeah. I don't actually know that. And yeah. so that was the day that the Chasing Failure project was started. And that's what I pitched to Kobe that's when I met That's what you pitched him. to Kobe. Yeah. <sighs> Man, and he's just like, yeah, do it. And I'm like, what do you mean, do it? Yeah. He's like, yeah, do it. And it was, I had 10 minutes with Kobe Bryant. 10 minutes. 10 minutes with Kobe Bryant. And it was one of the most incredible 10 minutes I've ever had. Oh, man. Did you have good seats for the game, at least, that you went to? Oh, yeah. I mean, but you're not even thinking about the game. The game. You're thinking about Kobe. Well, because, and he wasn't playing. That was the year he was hurt. Are you serious? So you're just, you're just sitting there, and then, like, middle of the fourth quarter, Two dudes in black suits walk up to you, and they're like, come with us. And you're like, what? Are you secret service? So, and you're like, after, so y'all went and talked to him after the game. After the game. Well, technically, the game was still happening because he was hurt. Yeah. And they were trash at right. the time. Yeah. So he was, yeah. he was like in the back getting treatment or, or whatever. Wow. And so, yeah, he just walks in this room, and we had our time. Yo, man, listen. 
We're going to play a quick clip of this viral video that landed you on the Queen Latifah show that landed you to meet with Kobe Bryant. Yes. Okay, because I wanted people to see this, and I want to talk a little bit about this. Yeah. And it would honor me so much if you would marry me. And then the uh, catering manager was waiting outside of the lounge. And I said, hey, this is Ossie. I've been meeting with him over the past few months. And he was like, hi, my name's Ossie. And, um, and I said, the real question isn't, you know, will you marry me? But the real question is, will you marry me today? And for that to happen, we would need all of the people here to do that. And then I opened the lounge. Yeah. And Let's rewind. Yes. What made you, I know that in, in the video we see that clearly you and your wife have talked about this before. Sure. But going from talking about it to actually making it happen. Yeah. What was going through your head, brother? Because, you know, you're making it hard for us single brothers <laughs> out here right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're making it hard. It's like, wait, if Ryan can do that, boy, you can get creative yeah. too. Like, what was going through your head? Why did you go through with it in the first place? Well, one, we didn't actually talk about it. We never talked about it. Are you serious? I overheard her tell a friend. She thought it would be cool to get engaged and married on the same day. And I was, I remember I was, I was in my kitchen and I had a bunch of people over at my apartment, downtown Dallas at the yeah, time. Yeah. And I heard it. And I was like, engaged and married on the same day. What in the world? Like, how is, how does that even work? What does it even mean? And so I just started guessing. Yeah. And I just started meeting with wedding planners to go, is this possible? And they're like, no, it's not. <laughs> and I'm like, well, let's make it possible. possible. And so for two years, I was putting little pieces together. And honestly, three weeks before, I almost pulled the plug. Are you serious? Yeah. Why? I, because it was just difficult to get people there? or was running out of money. Oh, yeah. And was and it was a destination wedding. And she won't know if I didn't do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I could yeah. just propose like a normal person yeah, yeah, and yeah. just say, hey, will you marry me? And and, and call it call it a call day. It, right. it wasn't until I booked flights for our family that I was like, it's in. we're doing this. So you paid for the family to come to? A lot of them. Not all of them. I mean, we had 85 people there. but But I probably paid for... 20, maybe 25 people. You, you paid flights for 20-some people? Yeah, mom, dad, her her parents. And you paid for the food at the wedding? Oh, yeah. And you paid for the venue? Everything. And you paid for the, the pastor? Everything. I, yeah, absolutely, yeah. They were they were part of the 20 that I flew there. And you know what's interesting? Nah, Ron, I don't want to talk to you This is no what's more, interesting. The pastor to told no me this because <laughs> he saw my face. He saw my face at the wedding. I, I've never told this story. I've never told this story to anybody, okay? Oh, man. I was I was at the wedding like this, and like he saw the dollars, like he saw the the, the cash register going Absolutely. off of my head, and he just put his hand on my shoulder, and this is what he said: "I'll never forget." It. He said, "Ryan, you will never regret generosity, ever." He said, "He said I know what you're feeling right now, but he said you will never regret generosity," and that has stuck with me. For a long time. Is that really generosity? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, though? You were generous to your to your wife, to the family. Of course. Um, I'm pretty sure that f she will always remember that day. Sure. 
And I, I can't do nothing but respect. Yeah. You know, uh, but dear future Anthony O'Neill's wife. Yeah. Don't expect that. Can we come back and can we talk about that? I want. I want to. I've got some ideas and some thoughts, and you know that maybe that's maybe maybe that's Dear another future AOY. Yeah. Don't expect. Yeah. That. Listen, and this is what I tell people. I go listen to your girlfriend. That's Absolutely. It. Whatever. Whatever. This. If you yes. listen to her, that, yes. that's it's her idea. It wasn't mine. I didn't come up with a surprise wedding. She did, and you yeah, just made did. it happen. She just didn't know. You I was just listen. listening. I was just you listening. was being nosy. Trying. Which I, is why I mind yeah. my business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I need to be a better listener today as a married man. But yeah. Yo. Yeah. If you're just now tuning in to the show, man, welcome back to the table. It's your boy Anthony O'Neill. And at the table, I have with me uh, the one and only, I call him Dr. Ryan Lee. Uh, he is uh, the man. Uh, he has a new book coming out, Chasing Failure, How Falling Short Sets You Up for Success which actually started out actually as a documentary yeah. that you turned into a book. Yes. And I absolutely love it. You know, and one of the reasons why I love it, bro, is because um, I have a real passion of teaching people how to really build and experience true success. Yeah. I believe that success is different for Ryan. It'll right. be different for Anthony O'Neill. It could yep. be different for anyone else. But I love how, you know, you created this documentary and yep. a book around the idea that failure can actually set you up for success. Absolutely. And so I want to dive deep into that. How can failure actually help people? Because when people hear failure, like, well, how am I successful if I'm actually failing? Yeah, well, I, I think on the journey to success, all of us fail in mm. some way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah, most people, Most people don't realize that. I mean, you take Dave Ramsey, for example, okay. was bankrupt. Yes, and I think you can learn more at the bottom sometimes than you can learn at the top. Absolutely. And so I think for any listener, any viewer right now that finds himself at the bottom, mm. I tell them, hey, you might actually find gold down there. Mm. I also think you will appreciate the top a little bit more once you've had some setbacks. Absolutely. Once you've made some mistakes, yeah. you'll have a little bit more of an appreciation for it. We know plenty of people who took for granted their success Absolutely. and lost it. Yeah. And so I think it's a part of all of our stories. Anybody that is successful, every single person that you and I look up to, admire, follow, has one thing in common, and that's failure. Absolutely. And so I think we've been taught, hey, we got to run away from this thing. And I'm going, hey, what if we embraced some of these things mm. and it might actually give us the fortitude to, to move forward in our future? Now, and I could be wrong, so correct me if I'm wrong. Sure. But— at what point in your life did you experience some failures that made you actually come and kind of reframe how you look at failing as a positive? Uh, you want some from this week, or you want some from like? I mean, it's it's. I love it's it. All I mean for me, I'm always taking a risk. Okay. On some level okay. or another, yeah. every single week, I'm constantly creating new content. Yeah. You're constantly creating new content. Yes. And what are we doing? We're going, I don't know. Yeah. Is this going to help? Yeah. Is this funny? Is yeah. this good? Is yeah. this adding value to people? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, let me try it. <clears throat> that didn't go right. Yeah. Oh, but I can tweak that. Yeah. So it's funny in, in the world that I live in, um, I got one foot in corporate and one foot in church. Yes. Now, church space is interesting. Yes, it is, Because bro. what's posted on the internet yeah. is our best. Yes. Of three Reed. services. Come on, man. Okay. Come on, man. So the clip you might see of me yeah. would go, oh, man, that was fire. You dialed yeah. that in. Nah, but that, that was the third time. <laughs> you should, if you was at that first, first service, service, you would have been uh, like, hey, man, don't get any big yeah, us. Yeah, no, but, no. but again, I'm, I'm trying new things. Yes. 
this upcoming weekend. I'm okay. going to be trying something brand new, new. that I've it. never and that's my world. I'm always trying new things. We're all my team's always trying new things with content on social or or a workshop. I just did a workshop a couple of days ago here okay. in Nashville. For real. I tried all new stuff that they didn't know that. Yeah. But I'm I'm always going, man, there are some things that I forgot yeah. in the presentation. And I'm going, okay, I can learn from that. Absolutely. I can tweak that. Absolutely. So I think Early on, my dad had a stroke when I was in fifth grade. Okay. So I had a great dad yeah. who gave his all. He just didn't have that much to give. Yeah. And he was a pastor up until fifth grade, and yeah. then he lost his church because of the stroke. So for me, I had to grow up really fast. Mm. I didn't have choices. Mm. And it was it was sink or swim for me. Mm-hmm. So I had to just go, hey, we're going we're gonna to try some things. Mm-hmm. Maybe it goes well. May- maybe it doesn't. And hopefully, if I take 100 risks, yeah. I might fail 10 times. Right. But those other 90 times, I might get a dub. Let's go deep here. Yeah. And if you don't want to answer this question, you don't have yeah. to. What, in your experience, in, in your life, yeah. uh, what are you comfortable sharing? What is one of the failures that you've failed at, mm-hmm. but you've also learned a lot from? Oh, man. Uh, so I got invited to speak at one of the largest financial institutions a month ago. Mm. Okay, he saw him about a month ago. Y'all. A month Just ago. A month this ago. Is, this uh, is recent. so I don't. I don't got to go to when right, I was twelve. Right, right, okay, right, we right, can right, do right, right now. Right now. Okay? Yeah, I like that. Um, all of us are navigating virtual world. Mm-hmm. Um, I've created a studio in my house mm. that looks great. I've got a frame TV. I got slides. I got a whole presentation that I've dialed in over the last year and a half. Wow. I did four events in the same day, all from my house. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. On the fourth one, um, the sound went out. Wow. Okay. Okay. I did an entire presentation for one of the largest financial institutions. I went 50 minutes, and they couldn't hear me. No sound. Yeah. And it was like, and they're in the chat. Well, I had two monitors. One of them was full screen for my slide so I could see what was next. Right, right, right. And the other one had my picture and I couldn't see the chat. They were in the chat going, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. Wow. And so what did I learn from that experience? One, you got to triple check a lot of of your your media stuff. Yeah, Yeah. The second thing I learned was humility. No, I mean, people don't want to learn it. There's right. a couple of ways you can learn that. Right, right. And right. I, I just, I had to own it. Yeah. I just, I just had to own that. And they said, well, your stage presence is great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we did read your slides. So yeah. it still, it still was good. But I owed them one. Yeah. Maybe owed them two. <laughs> right. And so it's, it was just one of those things that I had to take on the chin. And so I think people think, um, you know, you got a book out. You get invited to speak in corporate America. You get invited to speak at big churches that you don't miss. No, I miss. Wow. Little things like that happen all the time. They just just don't make it on IG. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I've never said this on my show before, um, but I feel comfortable because I said this to my team maybe about a week or two ago. And I think one of the failures that I've experienced was failing to accept the true authentic self who God made me to be. Yeah. And 
Um, people heard me say this before. I came from an all-black, you know, culture to now predominantly, you know, all-white culture and team here. Yeah. And when I first got here, Ryan, I felt like I needed to change who I was. Mm. And when I changed who I was, I was pretty much telling God I wasn't pleased with who you made me to be. Mm. And when I changed who I was, I was like, well, I need, to, I need to look like this. I need to talk like Dave. I mm -hmm. need to act like this. I need to like these kind of things and embrace these kind of things when probably some of that is a little bit true. You should embrace certain things. You should learn certain things, but you should never change who you were. And I'll never forget three years in, I went and spoke with one of my mentors and he said, Anthony, you're not your true self. Mm. And what you're doing is you're teaching people that your authentic self, that your true feelings and thoughts, who God wired you to be, mm. do not matter. Mm. And for years, I was wondering, why am I not growing? Why am I not expanding? Why am I not reaching people? Mm. And it was because I was scared mm. that if I be my true authentic self, that I would fail, that I would make a lot of mistakes when I was already failing. Mm. And i never forget, man, I came back and I told my team, I was like, hey, you guys, love it. But I I'm about to embrace and go back to being my true, authentic self. Yeah. And I was scared, man. Mm. I made a lot of decisions that had to be corrected. Yep. You know, um, some of my mindsets had to be corrected. Um, but we went from growing slowly to growing massively. Yeah. Uh, Were and, you afraid that you wouldn't be accepted by your audience? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people are there. Absolutely. It's like, you know, yeah. and, and that's the truth. Like, you're, I was scared of failing. I was scared that if I come here and I speak like I'm from the country, <laughs> if I speak and act like I am me, I will not be accepted. Mm. And one of my mentors said, and, and you shouldn't be accepted by everyone, but you're right. accepted by Dave. You're accepted by that family, that that team. Be you, mm. you know? And it was an eye-opening thing for me because I believe at that time I, I was failing my assignment. Mm. I wasn't bringing my authentic self here. And one of the things that I've learned over the life is that um, don't allow your comfort zone to become your kill zone. Mm. And I had to step out of my comfort zone and just be willing to fail, be willing to make mistakes, be willing to say the wrong things as long as I had humility, like what you just said. Yeah. As long as if, if, if Dave or my team comes here and says, hey— shouldn't say that because of ABC, I can be like, all right, cool. I got it. Thank you so much. Right. Um, but the only way you can advance, the only way you can really excel and become everything and accomplish everything that I believe God has made us all to be is you have to be willing to step inside that faith zone. Yep. And when you step inside that faith zone, you're going to make mistakes. Right. You're going to fail. Right. And some people are not going to like you. And that is okay. Yep. Which is why I think that your book— hmm. Chasing failure, how falling short sets you up for success is so important. Yeah. And I think everybody listening on mm. podcasts, uh, listening um, and watching this on YouTube, I'm holding this up. Uh, zoom on in for me, you guys. I want you all to get this book right now in the business section, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Oh, on Amazon. On Amazon. Like, y'all, and this yeah. book is absolutely amazing. Failing has become something for me that I actually embrace. Yeah. I actually, I, I love it now. I'm like, okay, I failed at it. Okay, yeah. I have no problem with that. 
Yeah. People call me out on my grammar sometimes. Okay, cool, great. Thanks for calling that out. I'm going to go back and, and get it better. At least right. I have the skills yes. and, and the boldness to get on radio, to get on IG, to go Absolutely. do some things and to try something Absolutely. rather than trying to be perfect 100% of the time. And that's what most people are afraid of. Yes. They're like, I'm not going to do it until it's perfect. Ooh, then you're never going to do it. Never going to do it. You're never going to do, do it. Gonna do it. Ne- and yeah. you know what? That's one reason why I'm not married right now. Because mm. I wanted to be a perfect man. Mm. And my therapist is like, well, you'll never get married. Facts. Because you're never going to be where you want to be financially. Mm. You're never going to be where you want to be spiritually. You're never going to be where you want to be. But the thing is, are you evolving? And can you find a spouse that's willing to evolve with you mm-hmm. together? Because both of you all are going to be doing that. Right. And it's one of the main reasons where I felt it at too. My ex-fiance, amazing lady. Mm. But we didn't get married, not just solely because of her, but because I waited five and a half years to propose mm. because I wanted to be perfect. Mm. And she was like, by the time that happened, we were two different individuals <laughs> growing separately as a couple, not as a married couple. Right. And so, man, you are so right, man. You, you teach it good. If y'all don't follow this man right here, y'all need to be following Ryan Leak. I'm telling you right now, get the man's book. So, Ryan. Yeah. For those of us who are watching this right now on YouTube. Yeah. And listening to this on podcast. Yeah. What's one piece of advice that you can give us when it comes to shifting our mindset to go from being afraid of failing, afraid of making mistakes, afraid of not being accepted to actually embracing the failure, embracing the not being accepted? Yeah. What does that look like for you? I would say failure is not your villain. Say that again, Doc. Failure is not your villain. It's not your enemy. Take notes on every single one of them. (sighs) Let me tell you what breaks my heart the most. Wow. Is watching people make the same failures over and over again. You're teaching good. They keep making the same bad financial decisions over and over and over again. Come on, man. They keep making the same bad relationship decisions. Over and over again. That was me. Dating the same person, expecting a different result. Come on, Doc. So, but they're not taking notes. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just, they're just, well, I'm just going to try again. I'm not just try, try, try again. I'm going, learn, learn, learn again. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Let me, because I believe that the enemy likes to use our past, Mm. but I think God can use our past. Mm. And I think if, if you're, Looking at your failures, mm-hmm. you're looking at your past mistakes. I'm not going to beat you up. Yeah. Just don't make the same one. Come on, man. Don't continue this. How many people do we know that are just stuck in the cycle? Yeah. They can't. It doesn't matter how much money you give them. Right. Right, right. It doesn't. They're, gonna, they're spending habits. Yes. They keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Come on. That's why I get out of bed. Yeah. I try to help people break cycles yes. to go, okay, we got to think differently. Mm-hmm. We got to see this thing completely different. Mm. And they're like, but I failed. I made mistakes. Yes, learn from them and get back on the horse. <laughs> that doesn't mean you can't ride a horse. Yeah, yeah. It, it just means you're not you're not learning. And so I don't know if you've ever heard the term asshole. An asshole. No, uh-uh. An asshole is somebody that repeatedly asks you for advice, but they never want to actually take it. They want to continue coming to you but and don't asking want to, you questions. Don't want the knowledge. And then give me some financial advice. Uh, I told you 
you need to start saving your money. I know, but man, g- g- give me yeah. give me some secret sauce. Right. I told I, you. I told you. We got <laughs> we got books. We got. You, but you ask hole. But they're an ask hole. Not a hole, but an <laughs> ask hole. They're an ask hole. Ooh. They keep asking the same questions, Ooh. expecting you to say something new. I'm like, oh man. No, it's the it's it's it's, 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 it's the same same. But thing. they they haven't. They refuse to change. Yeah. And so I don't think that when I look at people that have failed businesses or people that have failed relationships or finances are in the hole, I don't judge them. Yeah. I just go, your biggest failure will be failing to learn from your failures. Ooh. But your failures don't have to destroy you. They, you're, if, if you're taking oh, notes. Bro, 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 hold on, people bro, don't bro. take notes. That's why I wrote the book, to help them take notes. Bro, you just said something. We can't skip over this. Your mm-hmm. biggest failure will be failing to learn, learn from, from your failures. failures. I want Absolutely. y'all to take note of that, y'all. Your yes. biggest failure is not making $100,000, is not getting married, is yeah. not dating that individual, is not making a bad decision as parents. Your biggest failure is failing from not learning Absolutely. from your failure. That was convicting for me. Mm. That was a gut check for me. I'm going to mm. be honest. I'm going to keep it real. Mm. That was Because I'm like, dang, have I? Taken notes. Taken notes of my own failures and have I repeated them? You know, my mom said something and she, she called me out. You know, I, you know, I, I love my mama, but sometimes she get on my nerves. Sure. But she said something and it didn't really register to me until maybe about like two weeks after she said it. And I was in the bed and for some reason I couldn't sleep. And I woke up and I just heard her voice. She said, son, you know what? She said, I love you. She said, but the common denominator between you and your ex relationships are you. You are the common denominator. And I said, what do you mean by that? Exactly what I said. She went on about her business, and I and I was offended. I was like, but I, 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 I did something. <laughs> like I was like, what? Why are you tripping? Yeah. I was like, what? And my therapist, I said that to her. She said, so how you feel about that? And I was like, what? Well, you too? <laughs> and then I woke up. It's like two o'clock in the morning, and what you just said mm. just literally sparked that all over again mm. in me. It's. What my mom is saying is not that I'm the problem, but what are you doing in each one of these relationships that you can learn from it that can Absolutely. progress it forward? Absolutely. To your next one. Got you. So Mama Ryan Lee just convicted me, <laughs> and uh, I hear what you're saying. You know, one of the statements that I've always heard from, like, basketball coaches and mm. friends and I've even said this, is, you know, never give up. Mm. And you shook me in your book, bro. (laughs) Uh, Because you was like, this statement is not always a wise statement to Mm -hmm. say and a wise statement to believe. Break that down, bro, because I think all of us listening has either said that to a lot of people or we've received that advice. Oh, yeah. But you're saying that's not always the best advice. I don't believe that never give up is a one-size-fits-all. Okay? Because... I mean, again, as a motivational speaker, it's, yeah. it's, I'm supposed to say that at some point. Yeah. Never give, give up. up. And people are like, yeah! You know? And part of me is like, no, some of y'all need to give up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's one thing to have belief in yourself, but I also am a massive believer in having wisdom. Yes. And knowing yes. Uh, when you actually should give up. Uh, that's actually maturity. Uh, when should a person give up? Uh, when you're broke. 
um, when you uh, can't pay your mortgage, when you spend more money than you may, when you can't afford the car that you're in, when they're calling your house to turn off your utilities. Um, and, and I think we, we've got a shift happening Absolutely. In, in the generations of people are quitting their day job for a side hustle. Absolutely. And I'm going, whoa, 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 whoa. Dude, yep. that's a hobby. Right. Right. Not a career. Come on, man. So, like, our parents, they got a job, and that was it. You got yes. a job 30, 40 years, and you retired. Right. Now, there is this expectation that I, everyone has to have I'm their dream job. Exactly. Yeah. Or or it's dream job or bust. It's like, well, not for everybody. Right. If you have the means to do so, then, mm-hmm. then great. And so, every single career move I've ever made, I've used a, like, a little... I call it a sweet spot matrix, and yeah. I talk about that in the book. Okay. And the first thing I, th- I always ask a person or ask myself, do I love this? Am I mm. passionate about it? Yeah. I can tell you right there, there's so many people, when I ask them, what do you want to do? Yeah. I don't know. I know what I don't want to do. Right, right, right. I don't want to work here. Right, right, right. But what do you want to do? Right. I don't know. You have to have clarity around what you want to do. Yes. The second thing is, what are you good at? Yeah. Passion is verified by you, mm-hmm. but I think skill set needs to be verified by other people. Absolutely. Besides your mother. Yes. Okay? That's yes. how you end up on American Idol because your mom told you you could sing and you can't. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, so what are you actually good at? Not what—and again, there's, there could be some things that you want to get good at, yeah. but do you love it or are you good at it? Yeah. The third thing is do you have opportunities? That's so good right Is there. anybody asking you that to do is... this? I had one friend that said, man, I want to I start a leadership conference. Right. You don't lead nobody. Right. You know, why do you want to do that? Because you want to look popular on IG or because you want to get in the mix or like, do you have, you know, and again, sometimes you have to create an opportunity. But uh, when I first started off speaking, uh, I went to this leadership conference that gave me seven minutes, Mm -hmm. which in that world was just like, you're giving everybody else 30, you're giving me seven. Seven. Mm -hmm. But then I thought, I'm about to crush the seven minutes. Kill the seven minutes. This can be the best seven minutes y'all ever had. Absolutely. And he called a friend after that. And said, I just saw a young kid doing seven minutes, what nobody on our stage did in 30. Mm. You need to have them. Mm. Which led to 45 minutes mm. with 45,000 people a year later. Mm. And so some people, if the opportunity is not the opportunity, yes. they're, I'm out. Yes. Man, I got I to I, I want to release a book. Yeah. You should start with a blog. Yeah, start with a blog. It's free. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> see if some people want to read what you have to say. You got to start. You have to maximize the opportunity you've been given. If yeah. you do well with that, yeah. then I think you can grow. Absolutely. The fourth thing that I think is the most important when trying to discover, is this something I should pursue or is this something I should indeed give up on? Yeah. Is it God's will? Ooh. Was I born to do this? Did God put me on the planet to... Do this, mm. you know, dude. When I watch your stuff, I think about what you're doing for the culture. Mm. I think about mm. um, the panel mm. that you have for Black History Month yeah, each yeah. year. Yeah, me and my wife were at the house watching it. I'm going. He was born for this. Oh man, he was born like he was put on the planet. Wow, to have conversations Appreciate like this it. to bring these people to the table. Appreciate it. Man. Um, you just see like I'm like he's he's making history. Yeah, yeah. He's making it. He's making an impact. Not everybody has that thing that they feel. And yeah. so I call that the sweet spot. And so sometimes you have to keep your job. So it allows you to do what your sweet spot is for yes. free. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some great volunteers at our church Yeah, that work in the marketplace and do their deal yeah. so that they can serve on on weekends for free. Yep. And, and I, I think it's awesome. And so I think people have to 
it can't always be money related. Yes. Does that make sense? Sometimes Absolutely. you you've got to you got to measure some of that stuff, and so sometimes I think it's time to say, hey, it, it's a you've you've tried this for a very very long time. I got so many athlete friends mm. that continue to get injured over and over, over and, and over, over and over again. And I'm going, dude, I'm with you on the dream. Yeah. But you need a strong plan B, and you have to answer this question: What's life like after basketball? Whenever I'm talking to high school students, talking to a football team, I want to be in the NFL. Man, that's great. I pray you get there. The average tenure of an NFL player is four years. years. Yeah. You have four years to try and make lifetime money. That's not guaranteed. I mean, we know what the NFL stands for, not for long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not going to be in there for long. You're not. Yeah, boy. And so you, you're telling me you've got this dream, a four-year dream? Mm-hmm. You're 26, 27, and you've not answered the question— What's life like after this? Yeah. And so so I'm all for the dream, yeah. but I'm also for when I see kids leave college early, I'm going, I wouldn't. <laughs> Yo, and I love that. Let, let's stay right there because there's a chapter in your book where mm-hmm. you actually talk about who wants to be a millionaire. Yeah. And you say it's important to count the cost of your dream. Absolutely. So break that down for us, because now, now you just said dream yeah. and yeah. and da 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 da. All right, let's go there. You yeah. want to go there? Let's go there. Yeah. Break that down for us. What do you mean? How do we count the cost of our dreams? So there's a phrase that we use. One of them's never give up. Another uh-huh. one is shoot for the moon. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I'm all for shooting for the moon. Okay. Let's talk about the moon for a second. Let's talk about it. How many humans have ever made it to the moon? Not a lot, brother. How much money does it take to get to the moon? A whole lot. Uh, where do people work that get people to the moon? Oof. NASA. Come on, man. Okay. It is 80 times harder mm-hmm. to get in at NASA than it is Harvard. Goodness. Hey, that's, a, that's a stat. In terms Goodness of applications, gracious. 80 times harder to work at NASA than it is to get into Harvard. Harvard. Okay. So this is what I see. Somebody brings me a dream. I'm going, what percentage is it? Yeah. What percentile is it? Yeah. If it's a top one percenter dream, mm-hmm. like going to the moon, right? You better have top one percenter habits, yes, disciplines, come on, man. investments, come on, schedule, yeah. But often, what I see is people have top one percenter dreams but and bottom ninety nine percentile spending habits, disciplines. Don't want to wake up. They don't want to do the grind. They don't. This man teaches. And so you got to count the cost. You, I'm like, you want to shoot? You want to go for the moon? Great. You said you it. need a billion. Hey, <laughs> a few billion. A lot of education. And so, you know, when someone says, man, I, I want to write a book, yeah. count the cost. Yeah, yeah. Do, yeah. You, do you know how many hours of research yeah. is required? Mm. Do you know the relationships that are required? Do you know how you have to treat people? Like, you can't just, and some people go, man, I, I want to hit the list. I want, I'm like, no, you should focus on writing a good book. Exactly. It's got to be good exactly. for people to promote. Absolutely. And so looking at all of the things that go into a person's career, I think successful people sometimes do a disservice to people because we show them the highlights. Yes. We show them the best. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's great. There is nowhere made public of all of the guests that have said no to coming on the show. Oh, oh. No one. Let's do a show about that. No, Let's no. Let's do a show about that. No, they'll never know who's like. No, I don't. I don't want to be on that show yet. Yep. It's it's still it's 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 not on my level yet. So good. Or or the people that have not responded. Um, my book has hit some lists. That's great. Yeah. Um, nobody will see the amount of people that didn't text me back, didn't mm. respond to my email to write an endorsement. Mm. Nobody will see that. Mm. They'll say, dude. Yes. 
man, you were on this show. You were, but you, yeah. you won't see all of the rejections bro. or the people that I'm still checking my phone like, bro, bro. I thought, and so counting the cost of even the mental space, the time away from family. Yes. People, whenever they dream, there's a couple of things they don't dream about. Yeah. Number one, they don't dream about the taxes. They don't. <laughs> they, they don't. They don't. They don't dream about. They don't dream about the criticism. Nobody, no. Nobody's in bed like, oh, I can't wait to get criticized. Man, you know how often I'm criticized, man? <laughs> oh, my God. It's become, it's, it's, it's just become a part of the nature. It, it is. It is. It's a part of the journey. And, and oftentimes I think people don't, in their dream, they don't have other people in it. Mm. And I think that's a really big mistake. If you're the only person in your dream, it won't last very long. <laughs> they, but they see themselves. They see their house. Yeah, yeah. They see their car. Yeah, yeah. They see, like... If you're dreaming of building a business, there should be there should be hundreds, hundreds thousands of people. of people, yeah, in that dream and how you're going to add value to those lives. And so, I just encourage people in the book: you you've got to count the cost. Absolutely, you've got to be asking the question: if there's somebody in a particular industry that you want to be successful in, yes, what are they doing? Yeah, that I'm not. Yeah, yeah. And then going: can I afford? Yes, time away from my family. Yeah, can I afford? Sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Can I afford these things? Let me ask you this question, man, because yeah. I only, only have like a 30, 30 40 minute show. And yeah. <laughs> we can talk all day long. Yeah. I have like other questions on here, sure. but man, dude, I'm curious. Yeah. Does Ryan Leak want to be a millionaire? Great question. Here's what I've learned about uh, all the millionaires I know mm-hmm. they would never tell you. Ladies you, and you, gentlemen, they drive a pickup truck. Yep. 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 <laughs> They're like, you 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 wouldn't even know. Um, in my household, um, we we don't have income goals. We have giving goals. That's good. Okay, so our goal is to be multi-millionaire givers every yes. single year. Yes. Um, Jesus said it's better to give than receive. Than re- Let me yep. ask you this question. And yep. this comes down to mindset. Yeah, yeah. Would you rather receive a million dollars or give a million dollars? I'd rather give. If I can give a million dollars, I mean, I have more. Exactly. Does that make sense? Exactly. So in in our house, what my kids are learning is they learn giving, 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 giving. Yes. And so we have given more than we ever have in our life. Wow. More than we've ever given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every time God has stretched us Mm -hmm. to give. Mm Mm-hmm. That absurd amounts. Yeah. Um, he's always giving it back. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and that's a principle that most people just can't get in their head. They're Absolutely. going, I can't afford to tithe. I can't afford. I'm going, I'm going to do whatever God tells me to do. Absolutely. I was, um, so, I preached for uh, my, my local church here, the Watson Grove, yeah. uh, the Grove um, uh, Church here in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, for my pastor. And um, I'm often asked that question. Hey, man, what's your net worth? And, you know, what's your financial goals? And I told them in my sermon, I said, man, my number one goal is to be the the most generous person in this church. Yes. Now, will I hit it? I don't know. Because a lot of us in this church are making good money. Yeah. I said, but my goal is to to aim not to receive the most, but to be one of the top givers. Yeah. Because I want to help that young man in school. I want to help that that mother that needs help. I want to yeah. help this church impact the community yeah. that will eventually impact the state, that will eventually impact the world, that will 100%. eventually impact Africa. You 100%. know, and so I would rather see and be known for giving yep. because the truth is if I'm giving a lot, yep. then that means I have a lot to give. 
Facts. And so I think when we start focusing on, am I receiving a lot? Then I think that's when God doesn't trust me because I'm not stewarding his resources well. Absolutely. And uh, I trust God. Yeah. You know, and I believe, I believe that if God knows that my heart is pure, then he'll answer my prayer of, hey, yo, I just want to be generous. Yeah. And also I want to be generous to my family. I want to be generous to to my loved ones. I want to be generous to my local community. Yep. There's this verse in Proverbs. Mm -mm, mm -mm, Uh, mm -mm, mm -mm. I know where you're going. It says, Lord, give me these two things before I die. Mm. Remove deception from my lips. That's it. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Mm. And I I remember reading that, and I just Uh gave me a brand new prayer. Uh Uh-oh. Which goes like this. Lord, give me enough resources to accomplish your will with my life. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm Give me down enough Instagram. resources. I'm putting down the Instagram today. Give me enough resources to accomplish your will for my life. Yes, sir. So, Lord, give me enough resources. If it's your will to pay off my house, my give me the resources. My house will be paid off in a couple of years. Exactly. Yeah. Give me enough resources to have all the money I need for my kids to get a quality education. Yeah. We'll be done with that in four years. Absolutely. You know, so, so for us, we've just gone, Lord— what resources do you want to give us? Mm-hmm. We have a proven track record mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of being givers. And so, Lord, whatever resources. Dude, even even when I, I sit with uh, some NBA teams that I work with, yeah. I'll sit with players. I'll tell them that verse. Yeah. Because you, cause obviously they got they got quiet. They got you know? yeah, <laughs> so yeah. They're like, and I said, you know what my prayer is for you? Mm. Is that God will give you enough resources to accomplish his will in your life. Yeah, yeah. And... And even for them, they're going, yeah. Lord, what is it that you want to do with my finance? Doesn't matter where, where, where you fall on the scale. You know, at the end of the day, um, I believe my wife and I's legacy will be that we've we've given away multiple, multiple, multiple millions of dollars in our lifetime. Brother, so, and I pray that when I get married, yeah, that my wife and I would join that same vision. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think a part of me is not only did we just give it away to our community, but we gave it away to our kids. Yep. To carry the legacy, to continue Absolutely. giving away to the community, yep. um, to continue that legacy, man. Absolutely. You know, man, Ryan, we can talk for yes. hours, bro. Yes. I mean, this, you, you you have a wealth of of knowledge, and I believe knowledge and wisdom is two different things for the, those of y'all listening. Um, he just dropped so many gems, uh, so much knowledge on here. Now, wisdom is how do you apply it? Absolutely. If you get this book, Chasing Failure, how Falling Short Sets You Up for Success. You get this knowledge. You listen to this podcast. You watch this show, and you get the knowledge. Now, it's up to you to apply it in a certain way. That's wisdom. Yeah. Take this information. Go get this book on Amazon. Go to your local bookstore. Get this book not to support Ryan, but to support yourself and your dreams. Mm-hmm. Get this book so you can set yourself up, so God can position you in a place yeah. to where he can give you the resources to do what he wants in your life, yeah. to be generous, to be loving, to be kind. Um, and so I want y'all to get the book. We're going to drop uh, the link to his book in the show description. Make sure you all get it. Ryan, before we go, where can they go to learn more about you, your podcast, your shows, yeah. and, and just all things around you? RyanLeak.com. 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 I'm pretty simple. simple. I'm Ryan Leak everywhere on all social platforms, too. So Man, they can get inspirational content. Yeah. They can shoot me a text. They get 
Yeah. Weekly encouragements, all that stuff. Yo, listen, you guys, we're going to drop all of his information below. Um, his social media, his book linked. I want you all to support this man's book uh, because I want to set you all up to succeed. Um, and to succeed, you have to be willing to fail more than you succeed. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate, Appreciate you, man. Man, that was such an amazing show with my boy Ryan Leak. And he says something in there that made me want to do something special for this week's financial tip of the week. How to avoid being broke when you get older, a.k.a. retired. You know, I don't think I ever will retire, uh, but I want to make sure that whenever I decide to transition, um, I have enough money. The average Social Security check is going to be in between $1,500 to $1,600 a month, which is about $18,000 a year. And you guys, that's not a lot of money to retire off of, okay? I don't know about you, but I can speak for me because I believe success for me may be different for you. And maybe $18,000 is um, enough for you a year. But let me also remind you that the average person, when they get into their older years, they're going to need about $300,000 just for medical expenses, for that's doctor visits, uh, that's your subscriptions, um, that's your uh, medicine, you name it. So I want to encourage you to start thinking about retirement now. Start thinking about your, your, your later years now. Start thinking about, hey, what do you want to live off of on a monthly basis when you turn 65, when you turn 70? And the truth is, I want you to uh, retire is the proper word, uh, but I really want you to build enough wealth that when you hit that specific number, you're ready to transition. Because I really do believe that retirement is not an age. It is a financial number. If you want to retire, if you want to go home and not have to work because you have $10,000 a month income coming in, that's great. Maybe you only want five. Maybe you want 20. I don't know. And for you, I honestly do not care. But I want you to start thinking about it now. So how do we start setting ourselves up to not retire broke? Here's number one. Live below your means, okay? You have to live below your means. If you're making $5,000 a month, but your expenses add up to $4,500 a month, you're not going to get there. If you're making $5,000 a month, you need to make sure your expenses is right around $2,500 to $3,000 a month. That's the number one thing. Just because you go up in pay doesn't mean your expenses have to go up. Just because you get a pay raise doesn't mean that your housing has to go up. Your spending has to go up. If you want to get to the level of when you turn 65, 70 years old, you get older and you're ready to go off, you know, get your spouse and y'all travel around the world and you're enjoying life because you have no debt because you know, you have the income for it. The number one thing is now at 25, at 33 years old, at 40 years old, you better start living below your means and start saving and investing a lot more, which leads me on to number two when it comes to this perspective. You got to have a vision for your money, you guys. You got to be on a budget. It's simple. We've talked about this so, 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 so much. Where there is no vision, that's where people perish. And it's the same thing for our money. If you want to retire, if you want to enjoy life at 65, 70 years old, you guys, you got to have a vision for your money. You need to tell your money what you all are doing. You need to tell your money, okay, this is the vision for the future. So when you start living below your means and you have a vision for your money, you need to make sure you actually have a financial advisor 
that you're explaining your vision to. Hey, my vision is I want to be able to retire at this age and I want to have this amount of money a month coming in. Your financial advisor, I call them smart best of pros, and I'm going to drop that information in our show description below. Uh, they will sit down with you and assess your financial situation. Okay, cool. Um, are you investing into a 401k? Are you taking advantage of a growth stock mutual fund? What kind of real estate do you have? They're going to assess your entire portfolio, and they're going to tell you exactly what you need to be contributing every single month to get to your specific goal. I personally have two financial advisors that sit down with me one to two times a year and they tell me, hey, Anthony, you're on track to do this. Hey, Anthony, you can actually dial back a little bit or Anthony, you may need to step up. And here's what I love about financial advisors is that they're asking me questions and not just telling me what to do. So when they ask me questions, I give them answers. They're saying, okay, cool, Anthony, based upon what you just said, based upon what you are aiming for and shooting for, here's our advice. And check this out, not just our advice, but here's why we're telling you to do this. They're educating me along this journey, okay? So live below your means. Get a clear vision for your money. Seek professional advice from professional people. I am not a financial advisor. I am a financial expert. I have experience and I'm learning. But for my everyday needs when it comes to my own money, I seek financial advice from financial experts who are waking up every single day and studying the stock market, looking at what's going on. They're sending out emails and text messages and phone calls. I'm taking them out to breakfast. I'm taking them out to lunch. I'm trying to figure out what is the best thing happening right now. Um, we all know that Dave is is preparing to, um, you know, the transition, you know, to where whenever he gets ready to retire, um, he can pass a company off to, you know, his, his kids. And I'm looking forward to that day, you know, because I, I look forward to supporting, um, you know, the Ramsey family and, and our mission to help you all become debt free and, and accomplish all your goals. But I do look forward to that day where I walk into, um, you know, whoever's in the office, the CEO chair of Ramsey Solutions. And I say, hey, man, it's been a great journey. <laughs> it's been a great journey. Boy, I got bread in the bank. I got bread in these investments. And do you see this beautiful woman right here next to me? I'm about to take her on a vacation. Each one of them going to be two. I'm taking her to two vacations. And each one of them going to be six months long. That's right. We going on two, two, two vacations. And each one of them are six months long. What did I just say? We're going to leave the United States of America for a whole year. Why? Because when I was 30 years old, I evolved. I changed my mindset and I started thinking about what do I want to do at 60? Do I want to work until I'm buried? Do, do I want to work and then when I get to 70 or 75 or 80 and I cannot work anymore, now I got to live off of Social Security, which is $1,500 a month? No. You can't live off of that. You can't enjoy life like that. And y'all, we shouldn't have to. Why? They say the average person, and I don't want to scare nobody here, but they say the average person will live to about 75, 77. Retirement age is 65. Why work 65 years to only enjoy 10 years of your life? Why? No. You want to not retire broke? Start thinking about your future now. You see, because the caliber of both your future and my future are determined by the choices we made today. Make the choice 
to live below your means. Make the choice to get a clear vision, a clear budget for your money that is congruent, that is in line with your vision for your life, for where you're going. If you want to retire and have a lake house, or if you just want to retire with a paid-for home and beautiful cars and, and a beautiful family and be that grandmother, be that grandfather, that is great. I want you to have that. But you got to have a clear vision for your life that is congruent with the budget. Then seek professional help. Seek people that will say, hey, this is what you need to be doing with your money each and every single month to hit that goal. I do not want you to get there at 75, 80 years old, and you have to drive for Uber, and you have to drive for Lyft because you didn't make the right decisions when you were 30 years old. You didn't make the right decisions when you was 40 years old. You didn't make the right decisions when you were 20 years old because we were trying to impress people. When those people we were trying to impress ain't giving us a daggone thing, and I wanted to curse, but they didn't give us a daggone thing for our future. Let's shift our mindset and start thinking about how do we avoid struggling? How do we avoid being broke in our later years? I'll leave you with this true story. It was a couple of years ago. I was in New York doing a media hit, and I went back to my hotel room. And there was an 80-year-old woman cleaning my room. 80-year-old woman. When I walk inside of my hotel room, I go around uh, her, her cart that had all the towels and stuff in it to get inside my door. And when I walk inside, I hear her saying, oh, Lord, just help me get through the day. Lord, just help me get through the day. And when I walked into the room, I saw her moving slow to get to this side of the bed, around to the other side of the bed to finish making it. And I immediately felt guilty. I immediately was convicted. I told the, uh, the lady, I said, hey, ma'am, don't worry about it. I'm a young man. <laughs> I'm good. I can make up my own bed. And I said, all I need from you is some lotion. It was 20 degrees outside. I'm black and I'm ashy and I need some extra lotion. And she looked at me. She said, young man, thank you so much. Thank, baby, thank you so much. She went and grabbed the lotion and she came back and I gave her a tip. And I said, hey, I'm going to be here another day. Don't worry about tomorrow. Here's your tip for two days. Thank you so much. And she started walking back towards the door and she stopped and she turned around and she looked at me. And she said, young man, use your youthfulness wisely. She said, today, I'm here, 80 something years old, cleaning up, I wanna guess maybe a 30 year old man's room. Because when I was your age, I wasn't wise. I didn't, I didn't make the right decisions. Please don't be me. And she turned around and she closed the door and went on about her way. And I literally sat at the edge of my bed and I got emotional. I said, that can't be my mom. That can't be my sister. That will not be my wife. And that will not be you. And it will not be you because we're going to make the right decisions today. If we made some bad decisions yesterday, I don't give a crap. We can change it today. That's your financial tip of the week. Don't get to your 70s. Broke. Don't get to your 70s, 80s, struggling. When we can make right decisions today to set us up for the future. If you're looking for a smart investor pro, if you're looking for a financial advisor, that information is in the show descriptions. Get it. If you're trying to get on a budget, if you're trying to change your mind, click the Ramsey Plus information below. Let's do this thing together. It's your boy, Anthony O'Neill. Today has been an amazing and amazing and amazing show, man. Ryan Leak was absolutely amazing. If you're just now tuning in, subscribe. Hit that subscribe button because I'm going to help you be successful. 
I'm going to teach you how to uh, change your network, change your net worth, shift your mindset, uh, get closer to God. So one day we can really all hit the main goal, which is for all of us to be successful. It's your boy, Anthony O'Neill. I'm going to see you next week. Peace out. 